It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. All right, final hour of the week. JT with you inside the Intermountain. Healthcare Performance Center in Henderson. Great to be inside the building today as the Raiders prepare for the Seahawks tomorrow. Jerry Coleman breaking down the Ravens. We got him later on this hour. Also, Sam from Sam and Ash, SamandAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. Also, everybody's running a little bit late today. We were hoping for Rich Gannon or Matt Millen. Maybe one of those gentlemen will surprise us here before the show ends. The Las Vegas Raiders just put out a press release for their ribbon cutting, the official opening of Allegiant Stadium tomorrow. Before the preseason opener, Mark Davis will cut the ribbon during a special ceremony to officially open what he calls the Silver and Blacks Field of Dreams three years, nine months, and one day ago during the groundbreaking ceremony. Quote, we are going to kick it off the right way with 65,000 people, Mark Davis said. It may be a preseason game, but it's going to be a party as well because it's the first time. Number one, a mass majority of Raider fans will be in the stadium, but it's also the first time I'll be in there for an event. How about that? So that's a big deal for Mark Davis, the owner of the Silver and Black. And how about the entertainment? So the ribbon cutting will be at three. I'm emceeing that right outside. It'll be great. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, This is an historic moment in Raider history because, again, it's a ribbon cutting. And to see that, it'll be at 3 p.m. in the Ford Plaza at the north end of Allegiant Stadium. All doors will open following the ribbon cutting to allow ticket holders for the game inside to experience it. So the ribbon cutting is going to be tight. It's going to be at 3 o'clock right after Mark Davis, Mrs. Davis. They cut the ribbon. Boom. Doors open, you can get in at 3 o'clock. How about this for entertainment? In the press release, Judith Hill, the pregame performance, her remarkable career, what a performer she is. Also, Patty Pennington in the House of Blues Choir, they'll perform during the pregame. The national anthem will be sung by the great Marie Osmond. Donnie and Marie, Marie is singing the national anthem. And your halftime performance, yes, Carlos Santana. Carlos, yes, is performing at halftime. How cool is that for a preseason football game? So get ready just to see a Santana concert. Halftime inside Allegiant Stadium, that is fantastic. So we're excited about that. Hopefully you'll be there. If you get there early, be a part of the ribbon-cutting ceremony and all the entertainment that will be in store. 702 365 9,200, looking forward to your experience. Uh, Tell us what your expectations will be for this game. Who do you want to see play? What about the starters? Are you happy that Cara is most likely not going to play if he plays a series? Would you be good with that? All of this is wide open, and we want to know how you get into the game, what you're going to do, where are your seats, where are you tailgating? Use my radio show as a portal to tell your friends what you're going to do. From a black hole tailgate to other fan bases, call into this show on Fridays. On Fridays especially, and tell us where your tailgate is. 
and when you're getting there, where you're coming from. I want to do that first on the channel here, Raider Nation Radio. I want Fridays to be an on-air pep rally for the team. So we're going to talk about where you're going to be in the stadium, where you're going to tailgate, and what you're going to do. 702-365-9200. And unfortunately, this is the only preseason game. This is the dress rehearsal for everybody, for the police, for the ticket scanners, for those pouring your beer, for everybody in the building. So be patient. A lot of people are working behind the scenes to get this right for you. Give yourself some extra time to get to the game so you can come in there on time. And please, please go to the gate. They've told me to say that to everybody. Go to the gate where you're supposed to go to. If you're supposed to go into a specific entrance, that's where they need you to go. Because if you're not going into the right entrance and you're going to clog it up and you can't get in there, then it just slows everything down. And that's what could happen. Happened at Garth Brooks. These are honest mistakes, but you got to follow the directions. It's right there on your tickets. So please, everybody, have a good time. I'll see you out at the game tomorrow. Early in the week, we talked to the head coach of the Silver and Black. You'll also hear that on Fridays. Here's John Gruden. We welcome in the head coach of the Silver and Black as we get ready for the preseason game. Let's welcome in John Gruden. Coach, thanks for doing this. Appreciate a few minutes. Yeah, you're doing great, JT. Thanks for having me on. Let's jump right in. The level of your defense earlier today at practice, I want to talk about the depth, the quality of players, and the level of intensity that you're seeing from them. Well, we, we got better today. Uh, we, we've been waiting for a couple of our, our young players and newcomers to really turn it on and turn it on together, and they did that today. They had a great day, clearly the best that uh, they've looked throughout training camp. Coach, the level of intensity, too, from Gus Bradley. I want to talk since the last time we had you on about lining up these young defensive players right, coaching them up, having them become more ball hawks and getting to the ball faster. Are you seeing growth out of them? Yes, we are, and I think it all starts with Gus and his staff, but certainly there's a lot of new faces on all three levels of our defense, and uh, we had a very physical practice today, and uh, I think our defense was, was not happy with the way they practiced and played the last couple of days. They responded, so they showed some mental and physical toughness today. I was really excited about it, and we took the ball away. Coach, you and especially Mike Mayock have talked about your evaluating positions every day, every night when you look at film. What was the process of bringing Gerald McCoy in, signing him, and what have you seen so far? Well, we haven't had a pass rush uh, that's to our standards uh, of the Raiders. And our inside pass rush, particularly, we have struggled. And Gerald McCoy is, has been one of the best inside rushers in football. He's coming off a serious injury. We're taking our time with him. But we think with the addition of Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson, Darius Phylon, now Gerald McCoy, and moving Cleve Farrell inside, we think we've got four or five guys that can get after the passer. And we know Yannick and Max and Malcolm Kuntz are going to bring it off the edge. And Ryan Nassib has been sharp. So it's competitive. We felt like the inside pass rush was not good enough, and we've done everything we can to address it. John Gruden joins us. I agree. You've got to get more out of this interior pass rush and now maybe one-on-one coverage for Yannick and Max and Clee if he has a pop in year and plays well. This gives the opposing quarterback less time to set up and look downfield and look to try to expose some young players there. So this is a work in progress, but you're, you appreciate now what you're seeing here with the depth on this defensive line. Yes, and Rod Marinelli's a great uh, position coach for the defensive line. I think competition 
and depth go hand in hand. Anytime you have depth, you have competition. And these guys are playing to be active. They're playing to become starters. And I think they have a lot of pride, and they know they're the key to our, our success this year. Littleton and Arnett, tell me a little bit about both of them and what you needed to see in the offseason from them and what you've seen so far at camp. Well, Damon Arnett is, is as talented as any corner we have on this team. Obviously, he had the thumb injury. He had coronavirus. Uh, he had the concussion problems. He missed the offseason. I'm not making excuses, but it's time for the talent to show up on game day. And I think he's starting to string some consistency together in the meeting room on the practice field. He hasn't missed a day. He's been durable. He's 12 pounds heavier. He looks the part. He's playing confident. And I think this scheme really helps Corey Littleton. He can use his speed. Uh, he's very good in coverage. He's got great range. And he and Nick Morrow have done a nice job in the middle of our defense. We think we're better at all three levels. And offensively, we've been getting after him every day, showing him just about everything we can think of. So it's been a lot of fun. John Gruden's our guest. The interior of the offensive line. Richie is back. We know what Colton Miller can do at left tackle. For the other three position players ahead of the Seahawks game, the Rams practices. Do you like what you see, their freshness, their ability to react and recover after practices? Because these first couple of games, Ravens and Pittsburgh, we know what their fronts can do on defense. Yeah, not just the fronts. It's the volume of blitzes. They're going to come from everywhere. So you have to get these guys some experience in terms of what they're going to see. The great thing is Leatherwood has been a quick study. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's a work in progress, but he's tough, very athletic. He's got long arms. Andre James has done a nice job in the pivot. Like you said, incognito, Denzel Good. We still have some veterans at the guard position. But we've been pleased with John Simpson and uh, – Lester Cotton has been a surprise mm -hmm. so far. We're anxious to see our young players against Seattle and how they handle themselves, obviously, against the Rams. John Gruden joins us. Coach, you appreciate this, especially this practice coming up when we get there with the Rams, the level of intensity to go up against players. And as you said in a recent press conference, your players to show up and let the Rams know and let the Seahawks know Saturday that they're ready to go and compete. This is go time for you and this squad. The squad is ready to go in your impression ahead of schedule. Well, we like what we have. Mm -hmm. and we're not going to play everybody against Seattle. Our, our guys won't play. Some of them won't play at all in the preseason games. We want to keep the right 53 men. There are young players on this team we need to see. You're going to see the rookie class. You're going to see some of our second-year players. You're going to see some of our newcomers. And we have to make sure that we keep the right 53 guys. But I expect everybody to be ready to go. We're going to find out who can run and who can hit, who can play under the lights. We can't wait to get rolling. Your fourth year with Derek Carr now. Derek's fourth with you. The evolution for you as a play caller and what you've asked Derek to do in the offseason to be ready for this season with all the weapons that you have. How's that coming along? Derek's been great. He's completed over 90% of his passes in this training camp. He's really been on it. He's moving around well. He's making really good decisions, and I think he's rallied our young team. He's been very, very much the leader that you would expect him to be. And we put some plays in now that are a little bit different. Um, I can't wait to show them here when the season starts. Uh, we've been doing it without Darren Waller all summer, so we've had to lean on Edwards and Ruggs and some of the young guys. Foster Moreau has looked great. Mm -hmm. But Derek Carr has been pinpoint. He's been on it. And he's been a really good day-to-day -day leader for us. We're excited about our quarterback. Hey, Coach, as we wrap this up with Ruggs and Edwards, 
it's really a good place for you to be in as a play caller, too. you got great offensive coaches. It's, there's only one football to go around, and these guys got to be ready. If they want more footballs coming their way, these young guys got to step up in game-like atmospheres, go up and make big plays, and stay available. These are physical players. I love the way Ruggs looks from year one to year two. Exactly right, and we expect those guys to make a big jump. Willie Sneed has come in here. John Brown is here. Zay Jones is competing. We've got a really good class of young receivers, and they've got to compete to not only get the ball but stay on the field. Uh, Waller and Foster Moreau, they want their touches. Kenyon Drake and Jacobs want their share of the ball. But uh, we can't worry about statistics. We've got to get it done up front. We've got to continue to get better and get some confidence as the days go by. But you're going to like this team. I think we're fast. I think we can run it. I think we're going to be able to throw it. Uh, as long as the coach doesn't screw it up, we might be pretty good. <laughs> hey, I knew you were back in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium and busy, but how great was it to see Tom Flores come out there, his enshrinement for the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a coach, and knowing your friendship and the history of Tom Flores, how did that make you feel? Uh, touching, really touching, because he, I don't think he ever got the credit for the kind of coach he was or the player he was and the kind of man he is. But when you think of Tom Flores, don't forget the word hard work and loyalty. That's what made Tom Flores, uh, to me, very, very special as a friend and as a leader of men. Uh, really happy and excited for him and Charles Woodson and Raider Nation. Hey, last one, Peyton Manning, who you know very well, but your old player, too, John Lynch, getting in. There were a lot of good speeches with a lot of connections to you. How'd that make you feel? Yeah, so it's just great to have been a small part of that. And, you know, you just uh, it motivates you to get up the next day and go to work and help some of these young players you know, hopefully get the same results someday. But uh, you had a chance to see some of the great Hall of Fame inductees that you're ever going to see, and just really, really happy for the guys you mentioned. See you Saturday, Coach. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, JT. Have a good one. John Gruden, head coach of the Silver and Black. I will say this again because I say this to my friends. You're all my friends, even on the radio, off the air. John Gruden wins another Super Bowl. He goes to the Hall of Fame. Don't tell me Tony Dungy's team and John Gruden won the Super Bowl. No, no. Tony Dungy could not win. He could not win. Tony Dungy couldn't win in below 40-degree weather. John Gruden had other players. A lot of them were Dungy players. And he won the Super Bowl with arguably the greatest game plan in Super Bowl history. With all due respect to Shula, Landry, and Lombardi, John Gruden knew the Raider plays. And they won the game in a blowout because John Gruden played scout quarterback that week. Tony Dungy couldn't do that. So if Coach Gruden wins one more Super Bowl, he'll have two like Tom Flores as a head coach, two like Jimmy Johnson as a head coach. He's in. He's in. And that would be a dream of mine to go back to Canton, Ohio, with Coach Gruden getting a gold jacket. But he's got to win. And I get that. And I know the record and the overall record. And I know Coach Flores' record and overall record. He's in. They made him wait till 84 years old. John Gruden's got to win one more Super Bowl. And the plan is in Vegas. He's in. So I'm hoping... Do you think it's a reach? You could think that. He's a friend. I want him to get it done. I want Coach Gruden to have that opportunity. I have the opportunity to talk to Sam. SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Sam, I know how fired up you are for football. First Raider game at home with 65,000 fans. How are you? Uh, JT, great to be with you. Yeah, it's finally here. Everything we talked about for years has happened. So we're, we're excited to... To see this, and um, I bet are you're going to be there. I assume. 
I am going to be there. I'm going to be there early. I'm going to be the last one out after the post-game show because you deserve what's right. But I'm excited about this, Sam. You're a big part of this community with Ashley. You've done so much behind the scenes helping this community. And we've had cocktails and we've talked about this. This is a long time coming through the second year of a pandemic. Now we're under a mask mandate again, but a lot of fans have something to look forward to, even though they might have been in the stadium for something else to go in there for a Raider game. Well, absolutely, and in fact, um, it's it's not just the Raiders that are that are that are here and happening, but it's also all of the life that is coming back to the Strip. And yeah, I know that we aren't as far along as you know we wanted to be. We were hoping to be coming out of this pandemic by now, but we were. We were actually on um, downtown with one of your friends yesterday. Uh, you know George Sedano. Yes. Good guy. And uh, he had not been to downtown Vegas in like 20 years. So we took him to Circa. Uh, we ran into Derek Stevens, so the two of them met. And, it, you know, we were – obviously he was blown away by how much downtown has changed, how everything is improving we kind of drove him around a little bit to show him some of the new stuff and i mean he was just blown away impressed and our our city just keeps improving it's really neat Sam Jones of SamAndAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. So as I was driving out from Summerlin to Henderson today, coming out of my neighborhood, seeing kids in line for the bus, what's going on? Pedestrians now, kids, buses stopping, cars whipping around the buses as the flashes are on. People in this town are out of control. Walk me through some of these issues now that kids are going back to school. What concerns you? Right. I think in a lot of neighborhoods, people have gotten used to driving fast through school zones because school's been out. And we had the pandemic, and everybody was, you know, schools were not even in session. But now schools are back. The kids are in the classroom. Clark County's back. My kids start school um, at their private school in two weeks. And uh, not even. So, there's, you know, by the end of the month, everyone is back in school, and you've got to drive, drive carefully, be aware of these, um, of these areas where, the, where you have elementary schools, middle schools, high schools. In the high schools, remember, there's some high school kids that are driving, so be careful for that. It's not just pedestrian safety. It's also, you know, paying attention to young drivers that are still figuring things out. So I'm, my, big, my big thing right now is everybody needs to slow down, pay attention, and remember that kids are out there in harm's way. Sam from SamAndAshLaw.com, 702-820-1234. Call him anytime you get into an accident. It's a two-for-one. It's Sam and Ashley. A lot of complaints around the stadium that pedestrians are walking in the streets as cars are trying to make rights. And all of a sudden, there's going to be accidents, Sam. We know this. You're putting 65,000 people in and around the casino corridor backed up against a freeway. And pedestrians are out of control. They're trying to go through red lights, run through red lights. Tell me some of the stories you're concerned about for your clients. Yeah, I think that, um, I, I think that when pedestrians are in a cro- I mean, look. Pedestrians get hurt in crosswalks here in Vegas. So when you have people uh, joy, you know, uh, jaywalking across uh, parking lots with people not paying attention, people distracted, people who have been drinking, right? Don't do that. Uh, so I, my concern is people are going to get hurt. There are going to be injuries. There are going to be accidents at the game. And, and, uh, and so please, if you're a pedestrian, you're walking, follow the footpath. Don't cross in the middle of, of, of a parking lot. Don't cross in the middle of a road. Be safe. 
Keep your head on a swivel and don't assume that anybody is paying attention because I have literally represented people who are on a crosswalk. They've got the right of way. They've got a walk sign and they still get hit by somebody blowing through a red light. Not paying attention. Absolutely. I tell my kids that every day. Wait for the light to turn and continue to wait and make sure the crosswalk is clear. Sam, SamAndAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. And the traffic getting out of Vegas, I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like after a Raider game. People are going to want to split right after, but a lot of people are going to keep their hotels until Monday or after a Monday night game until Tuesday. But, Sam, if you get in an accident in Nevada or on the California side, it's texting and driving, people getting rear-ended. You handle California and Nevada. Tell us how to get in touch with you, the website. If anybody gets into an accident, you're JT's attorney. I want him calling you and Ashley. You bet. So the website's super easy, Sam and Ash Law. That's S-A-M-A-N-D-A-S-H-L-A-W.com. Phone number 702-820-1234. And, yes, we have an actual physical office staffed with attorneys in California, and the same for Nevada, obviously. This is where our headquarters is. So if you're, if you're here and you go to California and you get hurt, we got you covered. Last thing, we have a common bond. Last year after the home opener against New Orleans, unfortunately you couldn't go. No fans were allowed. They won. You waited for me over at the Waldorf. We had cocktails. We celebrated the Raiders going 2-0. and My wife yeah. and I are coming to you after Monday night football. But as I said, only after a win. I don't cocktail after the yeah. postgame show. So let's keep that open. Monday night football is exactly a month from now. Raiders win. I'm coming to you and Ashley. It's, it's on. And 100% <laughs> it's on. And we will be there. You got it. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Have a good weekend. All right. Be well. Take care, JP. There's Sam of SamAndAshLaw.com. Because you deserve what's right. Good people. Good friends. I trust them. Please trust them, too. Ruben in Vegas. Man, I haven't taken a breath this hour. Go ahead, Ruben. You're up. Go. Hey, JC. Just really quick. I uh, just want to thank the Raider organization, Lotus Broadcasting, you, yourself, and Bobby. Uh, I'll be attending the game tomorrow uh, from yesterday's call. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm excited. I'm happy. I mean, it's just preseason, but hey, man, just getting in the building with some fans. I, I really have like a, a close feel to the stadium because mm-hmm. I work for a supply company and we supplied all the laborers, a lot of, of supplies for that building to get built there in, in Henderson, also the practice facility. So I'm going to feel a special connect to being there. I've been going to that stadium, JT, since they blew, throwing in dynamite in that ground, blowing up mm-hmm. that ground. So I'm just excited to get in that stadium and, and check out the game. And we'll be tailgating at our company offices off Diablo, Valley View and Diablo. That's where our offices are at. So we'll be tailgating there. How far is that walk from your tailgate to the stadium? It's not that far. They actually made an opening because I know the Uber and the Lyft and taxis are dropping off people Mm -hmm. and buses. So there's actually, they made a walkway. So there's like a walkway. They paved that area and whatnot. If not, we would have to walk all the way, like, to Terribles around Russell and all that. So it's actually, we went to the practice uh, last weekend. It took us not even like five minutes. We were very lucky. A lot of people that were walking by, asking if we were hiring because they wanted to park, you know, so that work for the company that I work for. I don't have to pay for parking. I'm very blessed on that aspect. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, it's about maybe five minutes from where our office is at. Good for you, man. Happy you won the tickets. Keep calling, Ruben. Thank you. Have a good one, JT. Go you ladies. got it. Yeah, there's a guy who has a parking opportunity, and I think that's one of the big things, the messages we wanted to say. With all the industrial area, it's going to look different two, three, four years from now. The Raiders – 
I would assume, are going to acquire more and more land around there to have parking. And depending what happens to Pally High, whatever happens down the road, you got the Hacienda Bridge, you got the RTC buses and all of that. But he's got a hookup. He's got a place where he can park because his company's based there. A lot of people have been driving around that industrial area looking, looking for a miracle, as we used to say at Grateful Dead shows. I need a miracle. And that just blows up everything with traffic. When people are just pausing, driving slow, looking for someone, and hoping to get a parking spot. It doesn't work that way. You know it doesn't work that way. People have to come into that area with the focus of where they're parking, quickly parking, and then get out there and have your beverages and tailgate your butt off and have the time of your life. But there's a lot lot of looky-loos those first couple of weeks, the soccer game especially. A lot of people are just walking around that area just looking for a hookup to park. And maybe you get lucky, but it really slows down a lot of other people. Hey, it's Mike in Staten, Italy. How great is this? A guy in Staten Island calling because he has the Raiders mobile app. What's happening, Mikey? Yo, JT, I got a couple of things. Last year, we got hit hard, meaning the Raiders, with COVID. What, has, have you seen any changes with the players and the staff so we don't lose so many players to COVID? Yeah, I think, I think the Raiders, I don't have the exact number, but one of the highest vaccinated teams in all of professional sports. They made that very clear, Mike Mayock, John Gruden, everybody. So I think what's good about the Raiders is they have so many players that are vaccinated, but yeah, you, know, you can still get COVID, even if yeah. you're vaccinated, as you know. So we're just hoping for the best. It's a, it's a crapshoot, Mike. you got to hope no one gets yeah. COVID. Hey, JT, and one, one thing I, I think I find concerning is he said that Carr has a 90% completion rate. The offense wasn't our problem last year. Is he throwing to nobody? Where is our defense to have a quarterback throw 90% in practice? That just scares me a little bit. And the last thing is, I love this pick, and Gruden's getting killed for his, his draft, but he had a steal in the 81 pick last year. Braylon Edwards, mm-hmm. this kid's going to be special. He's 6'3", he has glue hands, and he's lightning quick. Yep, Ryan Edwards, appreciate the call, Mike. You see you soon. Look, I, I could care less with Derek Carr's completion percentages in camp. I could care less. Derek Carr is a very accurate passer. Derek Carr knows where to put the football. The strength of Derek Carr is his ability to throw to the open guy. It's the Brady philosophy. Go away from the double team and find the guy who's open because someone's getting double teamed. But I think this year Derek's going to throw into some double teams and let some of these players make a play. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Raise your cocktail game with Remy Martin. Jerry Coleman from Baltimore, Ravens insider. He claims he's got great information. Stick around for this. Jackson to throw. Steps up, pocket collapsing. He escapes. Piece of the 40-yard line. 35-30. Lamar Jackson to the 20. Leg race 10-5. And he's pushed out of bounds at the one-yard line. No! Signal is touchdown. Lamar Jackson on third and nine. He takes it to the house. Lamar Jackson, what a player. I think he's the best running quarterback I've ever seen. Better than Michael Vick. Better than Mahomes. Better than Steve Young. Yeah. He is already an MVP, and the Raiders play him opening night. Get him on the ground. We're brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. The only dealer in Las Vegas, Henderson, to offer 0% for 60 months. Those award-winning Elantras, everything that Frank has on that lot is tremendous. 
fantastic, best experience you could have, especially with that financing team. Go to the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you are looking for. So Lamar Jackson has had COVID twice. The gentleman that asked those questions up front at the press conference joins us, Jerry Coleman from the fan in Baltimore. Jerry, good to talk to you. And I got to go back to that Lamar Jackson press conference after he got COVID for the second time. And what really bothered me, I thought he was really nonchalant about it. What was your takeaway? Disappointment. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I thought there was, you know, some of the comments from him were ridiculous. He went in circles. Uh, The press conference seemed to evolve. Credit to the Ravens PR staff for not cutting things off after four or five minutes. He went 10. They knew what the deal was going to be, mostly questions about COVID and then the contract. And again, he's not going to get vaccinated. He can put his team in jeopardy months down the road in the middle of the season. I think it's very selfish. Uh, I'm not a fan of the whole ordeal. There are some people in town that still support him. Uh, most of the media doesn't privately, but and the Ravens certainly don't. They're not happy about it because it's their leader. I mean, 90% of that building is vaccinated. So, again, disappointment. I think the big issue behind it was his answer about, I'm going to talk to the doctors. And then he smiled and he was giggling. And I looked at him and I said, you know, we know he's not talking to the doctors. We know if he did the Ravens team doctors and trainers would tell him to get vaccinated. He's not looking to get further educated on the vaccine. He doesn't want to do it. And I just wish, I mean, Kirk Cousins, at least we believe that he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't believe in the vaccine. If Lamar doesn't believe in the vaccine and he's not going to take it, why doesn't he just say it? Why does he have to lie to us saying he's got to talk to the doctors after picking up the virus two times already? Well, shame on me for not following up on that question, which I asked and which he talked about replying that he had to speak with the team doctors who would tell him every one of them, A, I'm vaccinated, B, you need to be vaccinated. The problem is he doesn't have an agent. It's his mother. And she must be in his ear because no one else is telling him don't get the shot besides his mother, probably, as far as we know. Besides that, we don't know if he has a medical problem or not. If he does, he should come out and say it. He's setting a poor example. He's going to live a life of an unvaccinated quarterback, which means separated from the rest of your team, and your team leader can't be like that. Kirk Cousins, to me, isn't in the same class. He's getting big-time money. Uh, it doesn't seem to care as much. And Lamar, that's the thing about it, JT. He has not seen his payday just yet, and it's not coming. Uh, he set himself back by not being vaccinated. Jerry Coleman, so you asked the question. I've known you a long time. I know your voice. I know you're right up there. You asked the question, which was incredible. Because a lot of times quarterbacks speak once a week. Some do their state of the union before the start of the season. Do you think you'll find yourself being the guy who's going to be forced to say or feel like you're going to be the guy asking the vaccine questions here or you're going to stop before the start of the season? No, I see myself asking the next time he's in front of the media, now that you've had a chance to speak to the team doctors, did you get the shot? And, he, he, you know, he could hide behind the antibodies. But if this guy were to get it for a third time, months from now in the midst of the season, all heck will break loose. So, yeah, it's, it's coming again. It's not going away until he gets the shot. Jerry Coleman covers the Ravens. Tell us about the rest of the injuries and the status of this roster so far as the preseason games are getting going. Well, they had 21 guys miss their practice before their 
final practice before their game against the Saints open the preseason. Their only home game before their Monday night football opener following the week one opener on Monday night in Vegas against the Chiefs. And they still have not had their full offensive line together. Lamar missed 10 days from training camp because of COVID. So did running back Gus Edwards, who remains unvaccinated. And the fact they're missing a number of wide receivers, including their top draft pick, Rashad Bateman. We can go over the history of the wide receiver here in Baltimore. It's abysmal and embarrassing. But besides him, Miles Boykin is out. They've also lost Hollywood Brown for a period of time. Although he's on his way back, I doubt he's going to play much against the Saints. And then a couple of ancillary guys. But the offensive line and wide receiver core have been torn up, and this offense is way behind the defense. Jerry Coleman is our guest. The DNA of this team behind Wink Martindale's defense and the way Harbaugh coaches defense and special teams. This has been one of the great defensive organizations the last 20 years. So is that their calling card again? Take me through the defense from up front all the way to the back end. Well, it's going to have to be their calling card, especially that week one game in Las Vegas because of the fact they're missing so many offensive components. They may all be back, but the first time they're going to be together is not the preseason. It would be week one. As far as the defense, Calais Campbell's been a monster here in the preseason. They've gone out and gotten Justin Houston to rush the passer. So they have two formidable guys there. Uh, Patrick Queen coming into his second year with a full OTA is really the king of the linebacker core. And then you have the secondary, which to me might be the best in the National Football League, led by Marlon Humphrey. You got Marcus Peters back there as the other cornerback. Mm-hmm. Chuck Clark has taken over as the uh, guy with the green dot at safety. He's really an unknown name, but a guy that John Harbaugh absolutely loves. You have some other guys coming into their own that have been injured but paid well, like Tavon Young. Deshaun Elliott has played well here during training camp. So they are very deep at the cornerback and safety position. Jimmy Smith has been out because of an injury, and he will not play against the Raiders either. Jerry Coleman, as we wrap it up, I want to stay with Lamar Jackson on the contract. The contract for Josh Allen was enormous. Mahomes set the mark. And I'm not a big fan that because the calendar changes from 1989 to 1996 to 2003 to 2021, that everyone should get a $50 million raise. It it happens in real estate. It's happening with the stock market. And again, Lamar is going to be in a great position. I think he's the best running quarterback I've ever seen. I've seen Michael Vick live. I've seen Steve Young live. I've seen all the running quarterbacks, including Mahomes, twice a year. He's just special. But you mentioned not getting vaccinated, being the leader of the team. He's not a great pocket passer, but I think he's better than some of his critics say. Will he break the market, break the mold? Will he surpass Josh Allen, have an opportunity to surpass Mahomes? Uh, Before I answer that, let me correct something. Jimmy Smith should play against the Raiders, won't play in the preseason. Lamar does not have an agent. It's his mother. So they keep saying they're going to pay him, but in all reality, they don't have to pay him for another three years. They could franchise him and not sign him to the contract. And until he gets vaccinated, until he can prove he can win more than one playoff game, or if he were to go out and gamble on himself and win a Super Bowl this year, he's going to get paid. If not, they are smart not to pay him here during the uh, season or during before the season starts. Uh, Josh Allen got overpaid, in my opinion. Lamar has had a better season than Josh Allen, 
but Lamar is still prone to injury, and the jury, to me, is still out. So I think the Ravens are doing the prudent thing. They threw a lot of money away on Joe Flacco after he won a Super Bowl. He did win the big game for him, but Lamar has yet to do that. He set himself up, but the fact that he hasn't gotten the shot and he's done some crazy things during the offseason, too, which we haven't addressed, like driving out of control and you know almost mm. crashing into a jet ski, playing pickup basketball right. or going for a route on a pickup basketball court. Just stuff like that has really made the Ravens wonder whether or not he's the future, even though they'll give the lip service right now. You know, we've, we've known each other a long time, and you've said it multiple times, Jerry Coleman, that his mom is his agent. The amount of money he will save on a cookie-cutter deal with Josh Allen, $150 million in guarantees, somewhere over $225 million. The amount of money he'll save on fees alone to an agent is enough to take care of his family, generational wealth, for the rest of his life. So I get that. But I'm also sensing you're suggesting that a lot of these decisions are bad ones and he needs a better team around him. He doesn't have a consultant. You're right. I don't want to mm-hmm. take any anything away. Grant Hill did it. I would hire a lawyer by the hour and not have an agent, frankly. But mm-hmm. you need an advisor besides your mother, someone outside of that circle. Because right now he has not made all the right decisions and I, we just don't know who's influencing him. He doesn't get into trouble off the field. Let me let me make that perfectly clear. And he's a very engaging guy. I mean, you can't not love Lamar Jackson if you're around him. But some of the decisions have been questionable, and the fact that he's been so stubborn has some people disappointed, including me. Is the Chris Davis contract the worst in Orioles history? I, look, at one point he was a hell of a player. He, could, he had one of the sweetest swings, and then he forgot how to play baseball, as our buddy Tom Looney would say. But the Bobby Bonilla contract – this Stanton contract for the Yankees, Jacoby Ellsbury. There's been some bad contracts over the decades. Where does this one go down? This is the worst in Orioles history, and they can't afford deals like some of those other franchises. They were happy probably behind the scenes that he retired. It came out of nowhere. Frankly, he got hurt in front of no one this year. Media was not allowed in that day where he was allegedly hurt on what was like the first day of spring training and then get surgery and never plays one at bat during the regular season. So it was very strange, but he gets to collect every dollar. It's going to be deferred, just like Bobby Benia. We're going to be reading about Chris you know, Davis collecting $3 million in 2032 for doing nothing. God bless him if you can get it. 105.7 The Fan, the great Jerry Coleman. Thank you, Jerry. All the best. Talk to you soon, buddy. Always a pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. Jerry Coleman, appreciate that. What a breakdown. I mean, an amazing breakdown on the Ravens. So they're a mess right now. Could you imagine if that Raven game was a week from now? If, if this interview was a week away from the Ravens, it would be glorious. And I don't root for injuries. I want to see teams at 100%. But they got injuries. They're not practicing together. What do you say, 20 guys missing? These guys, the Ravens, are not going to be playing football before they played the Raiders they'll be practicing but a lot of them are hurt they will not be playing in the preseason so I think the Raiders and this is just my opinion I'm not saying the Raiders are a better team than the Ravens Ravens have been really good they've been a perennial playoff team but the Raiders I think are going to be better prepared for this game and then on top of it excuse me on top of it we're going to be talking about a, a team coming in banged up and the crowd 
and I'll be there with you tomorrow. I think the crowd's going to make a big difference here. I talked about that with John Gruden on and off the air, that on third and 11, third and seven, where Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to hear himself think, last year it was dead silence as Justin Herbert was able to throw bombs and win games, and so was Patrick Mahomes. That's got to change. It's got to be so bleeping loud. And everybody tells me, I was there for Garth Brooks. My kids went for soccer and talked about how loud it was. It's got to be super loud. It's got to make a difference. Please let it make a difference. Where in the fourth quarter, if the crowd doesn't come into play because it's so loud, I'll be shocked. JT, as we wrap it up, one more segment to go. We thank all of our partners this week, including Grimaldi's. The best pizza I've ever had. Thanks to <clears throat> Jerry Coleman, who joined us. Man, I, you can tell. I need, <clears throat> I need that bucket of Modelo's coming up next. Yeah, Gannon is uh, he's going to broadcast the game, and uh, I can't believe he's not doing all the games. He's, he's, his preparation, his uh, work ethic, um, I've always marveled at. He's a great friend, and I've had a lot of great experiences with him. To see my dad and Gannon out there on the same day, my two favorite G-men of all time. How about that? Coach Gruden talking about his dad at practice and Rich Gannon. And, you know, Rich is in the building now. He's busy. They got an extended meeting with Coach Gruden that I jumped on the beginning of and jumped off here to host the show. And you know, Gannon should still be at CBS. I think he's a phenomenal analyst, especially on game day, as Coach Gruden says. And I think Rich Gannon should be a head coach in this league, a head coach, let alone a quarterback coach or offensive coordinator. He's fantastic. Former MVP. He knows the league as good as anybody. He really does. And I'm a big fan of Rich Gannon, a total gentleman, but today, it's just great to see Matt Millen. And Matt Millen almost passed away years ago. And Matt Millen, with the transplant in the heart and what he's been through, and to walk into a room today in a conference room and to see Matt Millen, you know, we're all standing apart from each other, air fist bumping, because we still live in that type of world. It's just incredible to see him. The impact that Matt Millen had on football as a player, four-time Super Bowl champ, unbelievable analyst, the work that he did with John Madden back in the day with Fox. And he calls the games. And then Beth is one of the best broadcasters out there with ESPN. All the work that she does, so she's on the call. And that'll be tomorrow locally, Fox 5 here in Vegas. And I know we have a lot of our listeners in the Bay Area that won't be able to get the game because I believe it's not on TV. And that's the pettiness of the Bay Area. I understand how the Bay Area personally is upset that the Raiders left. You don't take away the broadcast of the preseason games from the Oakland Raider fans. You don't. And a lot of them will find a way to stream it or do whatever they're going to do, but a very unfortunate there. And the people that are coming into town for the first time, this is their dress rehearsal. I saw Gorilla Rilla out in Canton, and I'm just watching him on his live feed. <laughs> Gorilla Rilla on his live feed on Facebook was walking the parking lot. I know the Black Hole's going to have a big announcement on their kickoff party coming up. Uh, Mike Florio reporting at Pro Football Talk that the elimination now of the fourth preseason game creates a mini buy, but unvaccinated players are not able to leave their city. Another unvaccinated rule coming 
for the guys not getting vaccinated. Thanks to Bobby, you put the show together. Fantastic week. All of our guests and especially our partners, without them, we don't have a radio show. We got a lot of good personal friends and partners on this show, and we'd like to help your business. We'd like to get you inside the Raider Nation on this radio show. So we appreciate everybody we do business with. The sports radio is a business, and we got a great foundation with our tremendous partners here. See you Saturday, ribbon cutting ceremony at three. I'll be out there at two. Pre and post game show with Eric Allen tomorrow. Have a good day, you guys.